My name is Susie Can, and I hope you enjoy exploring with me the thoughts that come with this thread. If you have any interest in supporting what I'm doing or getting in touch, please do so through the website kylak.ie, where you will also find other resources and connections that I create around each podcast so that if some of the tweaks of interest come to you through them, you have a place to go to go a little further and deeper or to find other information or to find a way to support by maybe wanting to collaborate or offer something or even a donation. Thanks for listening. As young people step into young adulthood, they are, of course, not fully formed. There is the idea that adolescence, as understood in the Western world, continues up till at least age 27 and possibly beyond. So what is it that is needed? Where are the developmental goals or opportunities for growth for young people as they become young adults. For me, probably very much based on my experience as a mother and as an art therapist for 25 years, the core element of that stage of life is about creative expression in some form. And that doesn't mean necessarily a art form although I would have a strong belief that the connection to art forms at that age is universal, whether it is a decoration of yourself, an adornment of yourself as you begin to choose your clothing, your hairstyle, your jewelry, all of these things that are available in every culture or whether it is tuning into the musicians that you like and following a particular form of music, similarly the kinds of dance that you're drawn to. And certainly with the explosion of access to other cultures, art forms across the world, something that really probably started in the West with the Beatles' trips to India influencing their music, but had already happened on the edges of all sorts of cultural change and exchange from Cajun music to the blues to jazz. The influences that express across cultures has always been there because of the access to the internet that is now increasingly global access for young people the exchanges that are going on of young people in Ireland exploring the Japanese art form of manga and all the possible permeations of different expressions that can be found, a really rich source of diversity again. And it's a kind of a counter action to what did happen to arts across the world, like other forms of culture that I'll probably explore more on the systems thread of this podcast, that across the world there was a monoculture happening, as happened 
from our agriculture right into our culture. And so you got broad fashions and broadly produced music and film through mega deals and mega capital being involved in the movie industry, the music industry. But the ability to share through shared platforms, whether it's YouTube or Chinese YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is, there is access to so many different forms of expression. I think it's really something to allow for, to expand on and to be aware of at any stage of adulthood and to allow that to be part of what maybe changes your outlook or getting to hear from expressions that come from the younger people that can really be interesting. And I was talking with someone recently, I think I'd come across this in about two or three ways in the last couple of months, about the need for and desire for the arts in education and the arts colleges and the influence of a whole counterculture through the arts in the UK, somebody had the bright idea, I don't know the history exactly, but of bringing art and art colleges into more and more young people's lives and especially young people in deprived neighborhoods or working class neighborhoods, that there was just this expansion of art colleges and they had a really free experimental ethos in the late 60s and 70s, but that out of those many, many of the 1980s musical artists that made such an impact, many of them went to these art colleges and the most famous of them was David Bowie. And it was just so interesting to think about if we didn't have those youth cultures and those countercultures and all of that, what would be missing? to our world in terms of changes and of expression. And so that as young people come into being young adults, they're reinterpreting the world around them in their own way, taking maybe what's gone before and turning it on its head. And there's a, a hilarious interview you can find of a young BBC reporter in the 1960s being sent to the park in San Francisco where the first hippies started to gather. And it was this phenomenon that there were young people had come from all over the States and they were having something that might have been interpreted today as some kind of a protest or something as an activism. But basically there was this impulse. They walked away from what was being pushed and expected of them. They'd come out of the Second World War through the 1950s, which had been the McCarthy era. And these, But these were young people now in their 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and they just wanted something different than what was being pushed upon them. And they were dressing in colorful clothes, they were listening to different music, and they were young musicians, Janis Joplin, people coming up through that crowd of people singing in the park, and they were wearing flower garlands. And, and there's this young BBC reporter trying to understand what they're doing there and what whether they have a, a mission in mind. And they're just trying to give him flower garlands and tell him, you know, about love. And, you know, he's a young person too. And, and it's just an interesting juxtaposition of he's got his career in the BBC. Is, he's often as a correspondent, he's in a suit. But you wonder, 
you know, what it's what it was affecting him in that moment. So I think that's a really critical, critical element of expression. What what is it to express? And and the shadow side of that is, of course, that one of the things that gets expressed is the pain of growing up, is the challenges of stepping out into the world and trying to manage in whatever place that you live in, how to manage as an adult in that place. And of course, across different cultures in the world, you've got different ages where that would happen, where you might have to live independently of your family. You might be pushed to an adulthood through the culture. Sooner you might even get married, begin to have a family at a younger age than we would know in the Northern Hemisphere and in the Western world. But wherever a young person begins that journey, taking all that they've learned, all that they've tried out and tested as those younger teens in terms of identity and in terms of their self-understanding and moving to see what can they manage in the world. And that tends to be really challenging for everyone in the world. It's a time of coming up against your own abilities and your own network and your own culture, your community, your village, your city, and saying, well, how do I, how do I contribute in this? Or how do I even survive in this? How do I live with this environment as an adult? And I think it that is part of what then leads to it being such a vibrant, expressive time. Dance and song and fashion and all of that is that you almost need that as the counterpoint to the challenge. And you need that as much as you need someone to hear you and that someone may hear you through you just sitting down and talking to someone. And do you feel heard and do you feel understood? But there's definitely a sense of that collective piece of trying to find your tribe of other young people for where you will feel heard, for where you begin to figure out what is going on in our generation. What is our generation about? What is our shared experience simply by being a group becoming young adults in particular eras and particular times in the world and particular cultures. So there's something that through expression you find others who might be part of your tribe and who you might find commonality with. And that being part of a group and finding your friend group and who it is that you're going to be with, it's it's such a difficult, challenging piece of this stage of life because there's all sorts of ways that friends develop. There's also all the stuff that's going on in terms of relationship development. And if you've had an upbringing where around you there is a whole sex positive understanding of your adult development and you feel very free to explore your own sexuality, your own relationships, your romanticism in a unjudged and supported way, then this stage wouldn't be as difficult. But in general, whether it's this current generation coming through and exploring themselves in a world that's full of multiple potential crises, but also one that is in the Western world trying to go back and find expressions that existed in a pre-colonial world, in a pre-conquered world, in more indigenous cultures where there was sexual expression freedoms and gender expression freedoms. So that can be a whole challenge. And then if you are trying to find 
friendships or relationships within that period, there can often be a lot of heartache and a lot of heartbreak that doesn't all come together. And you might be with a relationship and it, and it doesn't work out. So again, it, it's sort of this impetus to tell those stories and to be heard. And if you have a friend group and you can just share what's going on in a trusted circle, I think it's pretty universal that young people will find a song, something that's actually telling the story of their heartbreak or telling the story of the things that they are experiencing in the world through whatever music media and there's so many that really give voice to that and and they keep coming and you know from the first rappers to the spoken word artists that I've seen in Dublin and in Ireland growing in their exposure and in their speaking and the poets and the different poets coming through and all of the different filmmakers and and painters and artists there's just so much being said by particularly that younger generation in a new way in new collaboration that's what i look for is what are you trying to bring in the world part of being an adult in the world is trying to figure out your livelihood and trying to figure out how you will meet your own needs or those of your close ones I think the other thing that is important to mention, even though it's something I've talked about in the systems thread quite a bit, is the effect of capitalism. As somebody said, I think it might have been one of my offspring, when we were talking about a particular artist and something that had been bought and turned into advertising. And they said, well, capitalism swallows everything. And so I think that the creativity of a generation coming up can be put to use for all sorts of individual purposes and all sorts of common purposes. So I suppose this is another aspect to where you're going to bring your energy. And it is true, capitalism in the world today swallows a huge amount of that energy. And to me, it's like mining a resource. It's like extracting all the fossil fuels of the world and then moving on to the lithium and the uranium and the, you know, from the first mining of metals. And it's similar to me to mining the soils and the nutrients and depleting it and not having it be returned in a regenerative way in the culture. And I think that that's an important piece of development and well-being for young people. I've met young people working for big global multinationals and they're maybe 26, 27. They've, they've done their college thing. They've got their good job and they're paying their rent and living to work. And I've been invited in maybe to do a green initiative talk or a garden or something like that. And the people that, the young people in particular that come to those talks and seek me out then at the end of the talk to chat to what I hear all the time is that they feel like they're just going to pay their dues to the company to try to make savings. But the ones that come to the kinds of talks I'm giving, they want to speak to me because they have another dream entirely. They have a dream of living on the land or living a more authentic life or doing something with a higher level of value to the world. And some of them believe that they can definitely do that. 
in a capitalist business manner and that an organization can pivot and change and bring something positive to the world. But there are many that are very cynical, really, about that. They know that that's unlikely that there's going to be a shift from shareholder dividend driven, maybe a bit of greenwashing and then the rare, probably smaller businesses, maybe at a national level, saying, yeah, no, we this is good for businesses to be more sustainable or caring of our community or caring of our employees. But I think, yeah, a lot of young people have still been swallowed by the, the machinery and give this part of their life where they could be giving, I think, their life to other forms of shared common purpose. And I do get to meet a lot of young people this age because they come wolfing on our farm, worldwide workers on organic farms, so it's a way for young people to travel. And they're they're always exploring and essentially rejecting a lot of what they've been told about this is the life path you must go on and you will definitely do better financially and then you'll be able to get this thing and that thing and then that's your life. And the, the ones I meet, they've walked away from that and they're trying to find is there alternatives to that? Does there another way I could contribute in the world and still have a livelihood and still have a life? I often tell some of the young people is, which is ironic as a parent of young people of this age group myself, is basically to try to find a way to step away from listening to your parents, to try to find a way to listen to yourself, to explore yourself in the world and travel like woofers. It's a great way to kind of feel your edges in other environments. And I certainly benefited from the privilege of managing to find ways to travel and to earn money in order to do that and see other perspectives and other cultures. And that helped me feel into my own niche in diversity in the world and not be monocultured and fitted into a box and said that's where you belong. I was able to explore that, being able to see what are we co-creating together and then that's led to being able to find other forms of co-creation that may be recreating culture or community or healing, whether that's land or people or places or preserving traditions or knowledge bases. So things that I've talked about all across this podcast, but I think they come to fruition for people potentially at this young adult age. And that if they don't, then I think it comes later in, in a, a time of life when crises might emerge and reevaluation might emerge. And you might look back at what you new in your young years and say, I needed to have more exploration and I needed to look at it again. And I've known many people to go back and essentially revisit that stage of their lives and go back exploring and, and kind of undo some of their own thinking or the channels they've gone down in. And that can be a painful process, but often a very creative time and often something regenerative of the person can often be a really creative time and finding the arts and music and dance and all the art forms again can assist you if you need to 
open that all up again and revisit your edges in the world, your niche in the world, your common purpose, all of those things can be done at any stage of life because we are incredibly multifaceted and we can find something and develop it. I was quite good at mathematics whenever I was a certain age and then somehow I totally went in another direction. I, I liked physics and maths, but I didn't go down in, in that direction at all. And so I found a completely new aspect of, of myself. And I see lots of adults doing that sort of thing. And I think it's really healthy for your brain and your emotions and your body to just shift every now and then, not to get too comfortable in a particular way particular thoughts and yeah revisiting that youthful you and finding was there anything you left behind that was a facet of your life that you want to go back and develop a bit more and yeah find some of those pieces one other aspect to touch on which is that one of the other things that capitalism does and consumerism in particular as part of capitalism is that it tries to keep all of us at adolescence because one of the things that you're doing in adolescence is what creatures the world overdo is they are making themselves attractive to other partners and there's a really great example of this in, in nature. There's a little bird called the bower bird and it makes a little home and it decorates its bower with all sorts of shiny, amazing things that it tries to find on the forest floor. I think it was probably a David Attenborough program that I saw the bower bird on. One of the things it tries to put in its bower is these little shiny beetles because they look cool, right? And they will attract a female bowerbird and it keeps trying to put them and it's quite frantically trying to put them back in positions before the female bowerbird comes. Whenever I saw this, I saw the making of that particular bit of documentary wildlife photography and they had a sort of back of scenes where they showed that they had to set up a bird hide tent and sit for a very long time to be able to capture on film everything that this little bar birds were doing. And at one point, the photographer had a chocolate snack in a wrapper, plastic wrapper, in order to keep going while sitting stills for so long and then set it down beside him somewhere in, in his hide. But it must have kind of worked its way out because the next thing there he is filming and the little bowerbird has thought, oh my goodness, I have never seen anything like this anywhere in my jungle and has nicked his sweet packet and has put it in its power <laughs> as the, the sexiest, coolest thing for little bowerbirds. So that idea of you need to have some shiny things, that's really strong in adolescence and it's part of the whole, I need a car, that looks really cool. I need something else. And I think it's really unfair to talk to adolescents about not being consumers when it's really part of their expression in some way. But what it is true is that that trying to keep feel insecure or keep scarcity or still promote the notion that you need to keep buying things, that's a really key ingredient in consumerism and capitalism. And so... 
I think when I'm talking about returning to explore that part of yourself, if you feel that you've missed out on something that you need to look for another facet of yourself and maybe go back to this stage of expression, I think it's also really something to be aware of and conscious of, of the resistance to what they call adulting, the resistance to stepping into the world and finding your niche and taking really on your own power or your own responsibility in the world within a connected system of relationships with other people in whatever way you can. And I think that doesn't mean either within the capitalist world, again, to think of yourself primarily as an individual is definitely part of the capitalist project and to fragment and split apart and keep people wishing for like this idea of complete independence, which is a, is really an impossibility. We're all completely inter interdependent and in relationships with each other, with our communities, with the community of life around us, with the planet. So there's no such, that's a fantasy to believe in complete independence, but something about autonomy or about coming into your own power that I think is an important part of this stage of development. And yeah, sometimes revisiting it in a, as healthy a way as possible may help unlock other parts of your life and opportunities to express and be a human in the world.